0: Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy. Discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. All right!
1: Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how are you doing
0: today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Randy?
1: Well, I am doing fabulous. I am in a whirlwind of a travel situation right now. As you know, I spent a month in Medellin, and I am now currently in Mexico, in San Miguel de Allende. It's uh, central Mexico, up in the high desert mountains, And this really cool colonial town, and we got here a couple days ago, so haven't really had a chance to explore it too much. But Medellin was incredible, and what an experience to be able to spend 30 days there and uh, really get to do the deep dive into the jam scene there.
0: Yeah, that is super cool. That's something I've always wanted to do, is to go live in another place for a month or two or six just to really get to know like you don't really get to know a place when you're on vacation for a week you really have to be there and experience it like they call it slow travel so uh i'm i'm jealous how was it
1: like i say it was fabulous and uh i think the thing that blew me away the most, besides just the traveling and the city itself, was the jam scene that was there. I just didn't realize how many layers there were. You know, I would say after being there for a while, kind of saw four or five different layers of skill level. So you had you know, this top level that was world class, like, you know, some of the best jammers in the world. And then you have this layer below them that is kind of nipping at their heels and they've been playing for a while. And then you have this layer below them that are nipping at those guys' heels. And then you have this other layer of players who've just been playing for Two, four, six, eight months, and they've all got a fair amount of skills. They also have a nice core of women players there as well. So it, it was just amazing to kind of be in that jam environment where there were so many different layers. I know that you and I have talked about it's really difficult for a new player to come into a jam scene that's really well established and kind of feel like, oh, oh God, those guys are way too good. Well, they have all these different layers where they have younger players or newer players who don't have that much experience, but they can all play with each other. And then they can still go plug into those world-class players, but while they still have the the newness together and learn. One thing that was kind of an epiphany I've said in the past about, you just got to let the Frisbee come to you. You got to let the game come to you. And that's kind of an esoteric kind of like, well, what does that mean? But when I was in this this situation where there were all these different layers, I kind of had this, this analogy that seemed to maybe, it might resonate more with folks than just let it come to you. So with these newer players, those lower levels, they kind of were like this moth to the flame of the disc because they were kind of just attack the disc. They were just going at it. And especially in mob op situations, you know, they were just like, oh, there's the disc. Go run, get it. And so you could tell the other players who had been around for a while, they're not going after the disc. So they're not going after the flame. They're kind of standing back and they can see the light that the flame is illuminating. And so they're sort of seeing like where the disk. Is gonna go, not where it is, not just running at it and staying in the middle and clogging the lanes and everything. You know, they're super excited. It's not a criticism, it's just a matter of where they are in their growth and their newness of the game. Oh, you know, when you've been playing for a while and you can step back and you get some more skills, you see what the candle, the flame is illuminating. Oh, there's different pathways, there's different ways that the disc is going. Where is the disc going? How can I go? over to where it is going to go and not just chase right after it. And then also start acknowledging the skill level around you. Like, is that person clock or is that person counter? Was that a good set? Was that a good angle for them to deal with? So it really is kind of looking at the light of the flame and not just just attacking the disc. I don't know if uh, if, if that makes sense to you, but that was something that kind of hit me while I was there.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, actually, this, um, especially, so there's several concrete things that you said in there. The one that um, really struck me was seeing where the disc is going and running straight to that place instead of following it. I think a part of, like, when you're a new freestyler, things move so fast. It's really hard to keep up with everything. And I think one of the things that helps it slow down is when you can look at the disc and see where it's going and where it's going to end up. And instead of following it along that path, you go right to where it's gonna come down. Suddenly, you get there so much earlier that you have more time. And the whole game, it's just, it doesn't seem like anything's changed in what you're doing, but really it has. You're not chasing it anymore. Instead, you're you're meeting it. But I also like what you said about the, like seeing the other players and seeing the options. Uh, It's, so being able to see what the possibilities are it really does change your perspective. And then you can kind of take away the, I want to do this, but you have to be able to read that menu.
1: The layer of being new into the game, you don't really know what that menu option is. So, you know, don't feel like you always got to just run to the disc. Go ahead and, and hold a space that is far off to the right and let the disc start moving, coming to you, and look at the players around you and look at the space that's created in the lanes instead of just that tunnel vision of running at the disc.
0: So, I like to ask myself, how could I accomplish the same trick that I just did, but with less energy? So like, if I had to chase the disk in a loop because it was arcing across the field, well, could I have not chased it directly and followed it? Could I have actually run to the point where it was gonna come down and save a bunch of energy and still accomplish the same goal? With that kind of a thought pattern in mind, the menu options will start to present themselves. Like, how could I have made this skid easier? How could I have made this pass to my partner easier? Oh, well, if the disc were angled a different way, if I was facing the wind instead of facing away from the wind, all these things suddenly become less effort and they start to work better. So that's a, that's the a thought pattern that I like to use to try to find find what the options are.
1: Right, right. And there is that level of stepping back from the flame and looking at what's lit up around the candle, right?
0: So I have a question for you about the different layers of, of experience in the jam scene there. So. I imagine that would be like a pyramid where you have a few people at the top and a lot of new players. Is that what you experienced?
1: Absolutely. So there was, you know, you had your top of the pyramid. And yeah, exactly. That's a a great visual. So there was over 30 players, 30 players that entered the tournament.
0: I don't know if other jam scenes have that. Do you know of any other jam scenes that have that kind of a pyramid with so many new players and and so many experienced players?
1: You know, I I don't know if there are many jam scenes that have that many inexperienced players that are into it. I mean, it's kind of the pyramid is almost inverted in the places where there's a lot more really good players Mm -hmm. uh, and less newer players coming in. So, like, Berlin's got, you know, so top-heavy of how many good players they have. Rome, same kind of deal. So. Medellin is almost the flipped uh, pyramid. In a way, it's kind of like, ah, what are they doing that's getting all these new players in? They have a great connection to Ultimate, and there's a great relationship with the freestylers and Ultimate. So Ultimate's been a really good uh, feeder into freestyle. And I don't really see that too much in the US or other other jammed communities. So maybe that's, maybe that's part of it.
0: That might be part of it. Yeah, that's really interesting. That would be I mean, I don't know how we figure it out, but it would be really cool to figure it out because uh, we've had this conversation many times. I think when we were talking with Patrick Chartrand, we were talking about access points. Is that, is that the conversation we had with him? Yep. Yeah, yep, so, absolutely. And I think having that kind of a pyramid gives you an access point as a new player. So yeah. now it's just showing it to people and then you'd show up to the jam and you have people to practice with. It's pretty amazing.
1: What's cool is that, so there I am. I'm there. I feel like I really know all the players. And so this is a, a another memory that I'd like to share. Uh, I felt like I knew everyone that was there. Pablo Azul posted a video of him playing with this guy in this covered area. And I'm like, who is that? Wow, is there another guest jammer in town? It looked like a like one of the old Bayou Blasters, like a combination of Pat Crosscow and... Daryl Allen and Daryl Elliott. And it was like you, this, this flow and athleticism. And I was like, wow, is there somebody new in town? There must be another guest jammer here. So I sent a message to Pablo. I said, who is that that you're jamming with? And he's like, oh, well, that's Juan David. And I'm like, Juan David? Pablo says, and he wants to jam with you tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, I'm there. So I meet Pablo and Juan David at this field. And uh, we're there. It's just three of us. And this guy's game is incredibly deep. This athleticism and flow. He could handle both spins um, and, and just an amazing jammer. I was like, how did I not know this guy? So it ends up that this Juan David guy is one of the original jammers from back in the day when Pablo started and when Alfonso Lopez started back when they were all ultimate players. But he doesn't really jam with all of the the jam crew. He's got a whole other life going on. And so he plugs in here and there. So Pablo and I and Juan David had this amazing experience. I'm just like, wow. And we sit down and we open a beer and we're sitting there chatting. And before... We know it. All of a sudden we've all agreed and committed to go play at Jammers as a co-op team.
0: What's no way? <laughs> so
1: cool. We were all so high from that experience. We had such a great connection and energy before we left the field. We had all committed to go to Jacksonville, Florida for jammers to be a co-op team.
0: Wow, that is so cool. Oh my God. Well this is gonna be a huge jammers because there are people coming so many people coming in from Europe. I had no idea people coming from Colombia as well
1: yeah and there's more than just juan david and pablo coming there's several other uh colombian medellin jammers who are going to be there as well and still the numbers are to be determined but i know that it's more than pablo and juan david it's going to be a huge turnout for sure whoa
0: i hope paul's ready i think jammers has ever been this big not in my experience this is crazy Yeah,
1: well, this is the last Jammers he's going to do. So it's kind of got that urgency. If you want to do Jammers, if you've missed it or you've never gone, this is your last opportunity. So there it is.
0: Wow. Well, okay, that's a call out. If anybody out there listens to this and hasn't been to Jammers, it is definitely one of the most fun tournaments of the year. Paul's Beach is flat and long and the wind is almost always perfect.
1: Yeah, and as I like to say and I've said before, it's an all you can eat jam buffet. So and it's open twenty-four seven.
0: Absolutely. I haven't missed one for oh maybe almost twenty years. I don't know. It's been a while. It's crazy. Wow, you're a crusty old dude, aren't you? I don't know how that <laughs> happened. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's funny. So here's, here's my last experience that I want to share with you and the folks out there of Medellin. So um, the last week that my wife, Jill and I were there, we decided to rent bikes. Um, And we found this uh, company uh, from a flyer at a coffee shop that was by us. And so we connected with this person and said, okay, we're going to meet you at this coffee shop at this determined time. And uh, so we go over there and we meet this person and it turns out to be this woman named Gabby. And uh, so it's like, okay, cool. She's got great energy and she's got the two bikes. And so we start chatting a little bit. And uh, she said that uh, she had come to Medellin from the Dominican Republic because she was drawn there because of ultimate Frisbee. And uh, I said, well, that's kind of crazy. I was actually drawn to Medellin for Frisbee as well. And she goes, really? And she said, well, where do you live? And I said, well, I live in Seattle. And she goes, oh, well, there's a great ultimate scene in Seattle. And I said, I know. And then I you know, said, well, do you know somebody named Emma Kale? And she goes, yeah, I know Emma. I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. I was like, she's a really good friend and, uh, you know, know her very well. And then she goes, well, yeah, I know Emma. And, she, and Gabby says, well, do you know the Titcoms? Yeah, I know the Titcoms really well. In fact, their dad was just here in Medellin last week. And she was like, no way. She said, John Titcom was in Medellin last week? And I was like, yeah. So it ends up that this woman plays for Revolution which is a, a, a women's ultimate team. And they're one of the top women's teams, definitely in Colombia, but I think in the world. So I took a picture of myself with Gabby and I texted it to Emma. And I said, hey, Emma, look who I ran into in Medellin. Emma texted me back. Oh, you ran into Revolucion." So it was really cool. I told her, you know, I was here for freestyle. And actually, it was just the day after uh, City vs. City uh, where the Medellin and Toronto battle had happened. And I said, yeah, you know, Medellin was just participating in a city versus city online freestyle battle, and they won. And she was like, oh, my God, you're kidding me. So I sent her a link to the replay, and so she watched it. And so it was just kind of cool that we met this woman, and there was zero degree of separation. Uh, you know, she knew Emma and the tick comes, And so that you know, was just kind of a, another... Cool experience in Metagene, and again, just made it just super rich.
0: That is super cool. The, it seems like frisbee people are somehow attracted to each other. We just sort of run into each other whenever we're out and about. I don't know how it happens, but it happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that law of attraction, and, and the plastic peeps certainly <laughs> seem to find each other, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> the plastic peeps, I like it. Um, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned city versus city. Should we talk about that a little bit?
1: I think we should. You know, we have another battle coming up. And what is the date of that next battle?
0: The next battle is February 29th. It will be starting at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Features Warsaw versus Berlin.
1: Yeah, that is going to be a really interesting battle because Berlin is our reigning champs. And this is going to be Berlin's first battle since that for our 2020 season. And Warsaw is a new city coming on board and they've got some depth as well. And I really think they're going to give Berlin a run for their money. They've got some solid play and I think it will really come down to Warsaw if they're able to put together a good pairs routine and a good co-op routine if they're going to give Berlin a run for their money.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think with the the point system this year, with co-op and pairs uh, having a little bit more value than they did last year, teams really have to emphasize that because it it uh, it's easy for that to be the deciding factor.
1: Berlin's real strength is also that one-on-one. You know, they've got five super strong
0: players, and there's you know they're going to be bringing it again. Worse on the one one-on-one category. I'm not totally sure what to expect because I'm not familiar with the people on the roster, except for Kuba. So he was at World Urban Games. I've got to jam with him a bunch of times, but really at World Urban Games, I got to spend time jamming with him. And the one thing about him is he never drops the disc. Even in the jam, he never drops the disc. I don't know how he does it because he's doing things that are way on the edge, super steep angles and inside kicks and just some amazing stuff, but he never drops it. So I'm sure that he's one of the forces on that team to be reckoned with. Yeah, without a doubt. Kuba's a rising star for sure. But then Berlin's roster is just insane. And of course you have Graf leading the charge and he is is the Open Pairs winner with James Wiseman. So you know he has Shred.
1: Hopefully we'll have another good uh, battle just like we had with Medellin in Toronto.
0: Yep, I'm really looking forward to it. And
1: on that note, Jake, I will talk to you next time.
0: Talk to you next time.